The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. Astros Baseball is brought to you by our friends at RamShirts.com, the company that brought you Crush City Tees. RamShirts offers custom printed and embroidered apparel. They offer direct-to-garment printing for small runs and screen printing for larger runs. Follow them on Twitter and Instagram at RamShirts. Visit RamShirts.com for all your custom apparel needs. Listeners of the podcast, enter promo code BASEBALL for 25% off your order. Now here is Astros Baseball with Astros broadcaster Francisco Romero. Welcome to Astros Baseball, a podcast by a fan. For the fans of the Houston Astros, here is your host, Rob Fontenot. Hey guys, welcome to this episode of Astros Baseball. My special guest tonight is someone that I now call my friend, my buddy, Francisco Romero, uh, the Astros broadcaster. What's up, buddy? How are you, Robert? How's everything going? Hey, thanks for inviting me again. I guess I didn't do that bad the first time, so <laughs> thank you. Oh. It's good that uh, I get to call your friend also, so thank you for inviting me. Yeah, I mean, I, I that's one thing that I really like about doing the podcast is uh, getting to meet people like you. I mean, you know, you just came on and we talked, and now we text each other like friends do, you know, and I, I think it's really cool. And, you know, just meeting you. And being friends with you makes doing this worth it. So, no, well, thank you, know. you. Thank you so much. Same here, same feeling. So, we know how, how long have you been broadcasting for the Astros? Quite a while, right? Yeah, since 2008. So, I just finished my 13th season, going into my 14th season. Uh, so, it's been quite a ride, quite a, quite a wave. So, uh, how were they bad in 2008, or they just started getting bad like in 11 or? No, uh, 2008, when I got hired, the hopes for the Astros to make the playoffs were very high. And that's when the Hurricane Ike came along. And so the Astros were like two or three games. I think, uh, I forgot who were they behind the Cubs, if I'm not mistaken. No, I'm not mistaken. And so we finished, I think, second or third in the division. But we were still in the hunt. Uh, up until the last uh, three, four games of the season. Now, Hurricane Ike came, and that just, uh, we we went to go play in the, in, uh, in in Milwaukee against the Cubs. Mm-hmm. And I think Zambrano threw a no-hitter against against us. And so that kind of messed uh, the season up. But we had a winning season. We didn't make the playoffs, but the hopes for the playoffs were high because the, the Astros were just coming out of their World Series run. And so... In uh, 2008, we st- the Astros had Tejada, uh, Kazuma Matsui, and so Carlos Lee, Lance Bergman. So the team was still pretty good. Mm-hmm. Uh, Roy Oswald was pitching, Brandon Backey. So it was a good team. It, we just missed the playoffs by, by a little bit. 
So you've uh, let, let's talk about this. Um, I don't know Spanish, but you know, you send me the links to your Arizona uh, sports games, and I and the first one I listened to was football. But you're also doing basketball for Arizona University as well. Yes, since uh, 1999, we started doing basketball first, and we asked uh, the athletic director for if he could let us uh, broadcast one game with a radio station from Mexico, and he said, "Yeah, sure." So he directed us, and we got all the permits and everything, all the the green light to broadcast one game. He called us back and said, "Hey, we'd like for you to call the whole season." or the rest of the season, because it was in December. And then they asked us if we wanted to broadcast football the following season. Ever, ever since then, we've been uh, broadcasting football and basketball. Check this out. At one point in time with Arizona, we were broadcasting football, basketball, women's basketball, softball, and baseball. <laughs> do, you, is, do you do anything else besides football and basketball now? <laughs> now, no. Just just, uh, just football and basketball. I mean, companies changed, budgets were cut, but we weren't doing the whole softball season or the whole baseball season. We were doing like 10 softball games, 10 mm -hmm. baseball games. You know, softball is huge in Arizona. Baseball is also huge. So we were broadcasting in uh, women's basketball. And right now it's pretty big. I think we're ranked number seven in the country. But at that time, uh, we wanted to hype it up a little bit more. But we it was fun to call all those sports. You know, it as far as me, and some people disagree with this, but even though they can't dunk, I mean, I really enjoy women's basketball, and I really enjoy uh, women's softball when they have the, the World Series. I, I really enjoy that. I mean, it's really competitive. The only thing I don't like about it is that, like, the same girl pitches every game. Oh, <laughs> and I think it's because of the, the arm motion. I know Arizona has, like, two pitchers per they have more, but they use mainly two yeah. per per season. Maybe the whole season. Remember, Jenny Finch came out of Arizona. <laughs> yeah, so that's the strategy, I would say, is just try to find the best pitcher you can. Like, I'm an Oklahoma fan, and we had, I think our, the girl's name was Paige Parker. Uh -huh. And she, when she was a freshman, she was amazing, and I think she just finished up this last season, but... You know, it, I, it also makes it fun for me, too, that Oklahoma is usually pretty good at it. Exactly. Uh, they're, really, they're always good. They're always a good team. So what's your favorite college sport? Which one do you like calling better? Which one's more fun? Basketball you know what? I, 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 I can't say I have a favorite sport, but I really enjoy football because since I didn't play football, and when mm -hmm. I first started broadcasting, I had to do a lot of homework. And since I never read a playbook, to be honest with you, so it was hard for me to 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 get the feel on, on how the plays were made up. Mm -hmm. So I had to study a lot. I had to call friends who are coaches, friends who are refs. And I even had a color commentator with me who was a ref, a college ref. And so that was pretty cool because I learned a lot. But now that I can talk, I mean, that I've seen playbooks from high school and colleges that have been around and now I I, I, I kind of learned how the schemes go after the first quarter you kind of know what you know you kind of get a read on the playbook and see what's coming up so that's that's a lot of fun for me because after the first quarter I know you, you make changes you'll make adjustments on both mm -hmm. sides of the field but it, it's going to be a lot of fun because I don't I not only understand the game now 
but I have a feeling of the strategies that the coaches have in talking to them to the whole week or or hearing their their meetings and interviews. So that gets to be pretty fun. Now, college basketball with Arizona, it's a different story. You know, Arizona has been good for a long time. And I even got to call my buddy and I were talking about the players from Arizona who are in the NBA whose games I've called. Luke Walton, I was a schoolmate of Steve Kerr when he was a senior, I was a freshman. And, you know, Kenny Lofton, uh, Sean Rooks. But the, the, the guys who have called, you know, it's like uh, Channing Fry. And Richard Jefferson broke one of my laptops. Uh, so <laughs> the arena, and it's, so it's pretty fun to see these guys in the NBA on ESPN. And I'm like, wow, I called games where these guys played. You know, that, I, to me, that's pretty cool. Plus, I went to Arizona. That was my school. I grew up liking the basketball game. I was a, I was a diehard fan when I was a student there. So it's it's a, been a pretty cool ride to be able to look at this guy's success. And I'm like. Yeah, you know, I was in the on the court when these guys were playing. I was calling the games. So that that gets that gets to be pretty cool. So you started calling football games without even knowing how to play football. Well, I knew the game because uh, as a fan, uh, when I first came from Mexico, my brother, who was a a sixth grader and I was a seventh grader, he 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 actually because he played in 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 elementary, he he taught me the game first. And then I liked it. We were big cowboy fans. So yeah. I knew the game as a fan. I knew the game as a fan. But once I started calling games, I started uh, as a student of the game. So I oh, okay. learned the game more, how can I say, technically wise or or, or more on a professional level of, of how the game is uh, set up before it's played. Yeah. And you understand what I'm trying to say? So, yeah, so some some people could think, well, I could call a football game, and then you're like, oh, wait, there's a little more to it. Exactly. It's not just being a fan is one thing and knowing, because, I mean, I, 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 was, I was hooked in the, uh, with the Cowboys uh, in the 80s. Uh, I mean, I watched almost every game, and, you know, the Super Bowls when the Broncos were good, remember, and all these teams and, and the, the Giants, I hated the, um, the New York Giants and the, the San Francisco 49ers. And so the Eagles and the Redskins, I really didn't like them because they used to beat up on the Cowboys from time to time. <laughs> so, so I learned the game as a fan. And when you're watching the game, sometimes you're watching TV and if there's a penalty, you know what penalty, you know, if it was holding or if, uh, you know, as a fan. But as a, as a broadcaster, you have to be more professional than a fan and really get into the details of the whys and the rules and the playbooks and all that. So that's how I started looking at the game, and that's how I look at it now in terms of the details that really go before, during, and after the game. Do you remember that last, or I guess it was the first game you sent me the link uh, right. to listen to you, because it was on TV, so I was listening to you call the... Arizona football game, and y'all were getting slaughtered. I mean, it's, it was bad. Was and then, and then, and you scored twenty-one unanswered points exactly. while I was listening. Did you tell anybody I was your good luck charm or not? I didn't, but now I, I, I don't know if we're gonna have another game. But uh, but <laughs> you should listen to our even if it's next season, because we, you should listen to the ASU game that we lost seventy to seven. Aye. <laughs> 
<laughs> so let me ask you this before we go to move on. Would calling Dallas Cowboy football games on the radio be a dream job for you, or that was just like a childhood thing? You know what? One of my best friends is the broadcaster for the Cowboys in Spanish. Luis, uh-huh. uh, uh, Luis is my best, one of my best friends. He actually, when he graduated from college at the University of Arizona, we, he kind of interned with us, and we got him his first job as a, a news reporter at Telemundo. Oh, wow. Fernando Perez, he called uh, a couple years the Rangers, and he was a sportscaster at Telemundo in Dallas. So he is now the uh, color commentator for the Cowboys in Spanish. So that would have been a dream job for me, too, because I really liked, uh, you know, Rafael Septien, the Mexican kicker, was our big star there. Danny White, even though he went to ASU, he was our quarterback. And so, you know, all those... Uh, all, all, all those players were the players I grew up with. You think Danny White's the most popular backup quarterback of all time? Well, Danny White. <laughs> <laughs> Everyone growing up, like around our age, knows who Danny White is. I don't know if they know it, but he, I, I'm pretty sure in uh, Dallas, everybody knows who Danny White is. Yeah. So I loved it. And he also punted, so it was pretty cool. Yeah, he was the punter, right? The punter and the backup quarterback. <laughs> so let's let's segue into Astros. So you call the Astro games, and let, let's not talk about COVID year. Let's let's talk try to try to take memories back into when things were more normal. Uh, so you call the game. Let, let me ask you this: Before COVID, did you travel with the team? And a few games, yes. So we, we oh, don't okay. travel full-time, so we do travel uh, occasionally with, with the team, depending on, you know, we've gone to New York, Kansas City, uh, Chicago. So we, we, we do some travel. Huh? So let me ask you this. So let's say you got a home game. And just kind of take us through your preparation to get ready to call the game. Okay, uh, on a home game, I usually get there if I'm going to do an interview with the players because now there's uh, time frames. And so usually around 2.50, 3 o'clock because the players are available from 3 o'clock to 3.50 uh, in the clubhouse. Or sometimes I go early and I ask them, okay, I'd like to interview you in the next couple of days. When would you have time? Because I like to interview them outside. I set up one-on-one. And they tell me, oh, tomorrow or Thursday or Friday, whenever. So I usually go and ask first and then do that. So when I have to do, do an interview, I get to the clubhouse early, interview the player. Then after that, uh, wait for the manager's meeting. There's always a manager's meeting every single day. You know, it's informal conversation about what happened last night, injuries, any updates that they have. So we talk about it. Then after that, I chat around with them. Um, uh, with uh, with colleagues and ask questions and you know just talk. Uh, then we go upstairs to our booth. They treat us very very well in Major League Baseball. They give us our game notes and uh, from both both teams stats, all the homework that we have to do uh, right before game time. Then we go to media dining and we kind of chat with colleagues, eat. Very good food at Men and Maid Park every, every every day. You could either eat healthy or unhealthy. It's up to you, but <laughs> the, 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 the choices are are there. Then Alex and I talk about a little bit about strategy and uh, what we're going to talk during pregame and 
And so, you know, talk about, and then we have a lot of colleagues that go into our booth. Uh, people, I mean, colleagues like to go into our booth a lot. <laughs> and sometimes it feels like a little party in there. But, uh, <laughs> but you know, we talk baseball, we talk politics, we talk different things. We fix the world. <laughs> and yeah. So, uh, we pick uh, precedents and stuff like that, you know. And, but uh, we talk religion. It's pretty cool. And, but we most mostly baseball talk. And uh, then after that, the game starts. But we have to get ready um, with our notes on hand. And my partner, Alex Trevino, he's uh, very good at, at, at what he does. And so his input is always uh, very, very helpful. But then the game goes on and we start broadcasting. And the game finishes. We do our post game. We say goodbye. We go home and we do the same thing the next day. But uh, But we do try to incorporate as much as we can from our pregame either talk with the manager or interviews uh, we take notes and uh and you know we use some other quotes uh during the games and we talked about what they talk and so about the different batters so it's just information that we gather before the game for us to use during the game all right so let's go to a happier time I'm I saw a picture of you on I don't know if it was Twitter or Facebook or both, but it was a picture of you. Was that Alex with you? Yeah, Alex and his grandson. Uh -huh. Okay, so y'all were behind a pickup truck, and you said this is before the 2017 World Series parade. So here's what I want to do. Let's go back to the New York Series. Uh -huh. It's it's tied three games to three. Where are you at? Are you in New York? Where Where was the game? It was at home, right? It was at home because, yeah. Oh, okay, we, yeah. We right. had home field advantage. So, the, so game seven was at home. And the Yankees had won game six, remember. And so it was uh, on to a game seven uh, where I think Charlie Morton started the game. Yeah. And CC Sabathia, if I'm not mistaken. And so it was uh, pretty intense. Well, that was wild. I was going to ask you, like, what was the, because you just talked about how you, uh, like, you do all the, the pregame prep and the manager's meetings and all that. Like, how intense was that day? You know what? Um, American League Championship or, and, and, and World Series, it's a whole different ball game for us, too, in regards to what we do, how we do things. It's totally different. Uh, because now uh, the manager's meetings are on um, press conference style. It's not on the bench where you gather around the manager and you talk. So mm -hmm. I, I would love to put you on the field with me. And, but the thing is that there's so many reporters, so many cameras. It's packed. It's yeah. like... Uh, uh, I mean, there's a lot of energy, a lot of electricity running through everybody. You have, uh, you see everybody that you see on TV, on MLB Network, on ESPN, on Fox Sports, uh, you know, the who's who of sports or when it comes to baseball is there. And they have their, um, their interviews. Some of them are standing like the MLB Network, MLB Radio. There's three or four guys with a microphone interviewing players. So it's pretty cool. You just 
sometimes I just stand and 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 watch and just uh, I turn I, I I make myself turn 360 degrees so I can just soak everything in. It's pretty cool stuff and everything that goes around it. And everybody's doing their thing. Everybody has something to do. So nobody's just standing there, but me just watching everything around me. It's pretty cool. And so, uh, I mean, and time goes by fast. You can't do, I did for the World Series, for the, against the Yankees, I was working also with, uh, uh, we call BAM. It's the major league, the social media for, for Major League Baseball. And I did the Spanish part, of course. I was doing some live shots on Twitter, Periscope, and uh, Facebook for Las Mayores. It's it's uh, like MLB.com. It's lasmayores.com. And so we were doing live shots for the Astros page also uh, in Spanish because they manage it. And so I had, you know, a, a, the producer with the camera the mic, Alex and I speaking. I think for the American League, I think we got to interview Carlos Correa. So we just grab a player, they just grab him. Uh, so, uh, so it was pretty intense. Everything is intense because there's so many people on the field and so many things to do. Everybody wants to interview everybody. So it, but it's pretty cool at the same time. I mean, and time goes by fast. It's two o'clock, all of a sudden it's game time. Yeah. You've done everything you have to do. So it's, it's cool stuff, huh? So the so the Astros defeat the Yankees. It's Charlie Morton, and that's Lance McCullers through like 24, 27 curveballs. Uh, we won that game like four to zero. Four zero. Hey, I have video that I shot with my camera. I hope I can find it. I'm not gonna promise it for you until I find it. Where where Brentstrom tells. Uh, uh, McCullers or, or his bullpen coach, he goes 20, 24 freaking curves in a row. It's <laughs> pretty cool video that I, I gotta find it somewhere that I took with my camera. Okay, so you and Alex are calling the games and you kind of take turns, right? Doing the play by play. I do the first three innings, first, second, and third, and then Alex goes four, five, and six, and then I finish seven, eight, and nine. Uh huh. So you. Did the play-by-play? Uh, I, I don't know why I keep thinking it's Altuve walk-off because we beat him four to zero. But but let's go to the World Series. Uh-huh. And you said you said it's a different ball game, American League Championship and World Series. How is it different? Uh, no, well, I'm saying American League and World Series are the same, different from regular season. Ah, uh, okay. Okay, World Series and American League are it's the same type of hype around everything did you get and, to travel in the world series to la it was i'm just like confusing it so much with 2019 for some reason <laughs> no we, we traveled i, I traveled the first game so the last game we were in houston so we got to uh-huh. all right so the astros win the world series the uh what was it game four the one that they kept scoring back and forth, or five game five. That was game five. Uh-huh. Uh huh. Man, that must have been a lot of fun to call. Oh, that that game was uh, was awesome. I don't think I think that's the best game I've been ever involved in a game like that, especially with my family being there. It was just uh, it was just amazing. I mean, 
did you watch it on TV? Uh, oh, yeah. Uh, yeah, that day game was just, and then after the game, uh, everybody was tired but happy at the same time. I mean, I, I got to talk to uh, Alex Bregman and, uh, and Altuve passed by. And uh, so it was, it was just amazing. It was just a, an amazing game down and uh, and you know in the, in the locker room it was it was it was cool a good game to be part of. Yeah, thirteen to twelve and ten innings. Uh, game four, that was the game I went to. He lost six to two. Exactly, game four. Yeah, stupid game four. And I wanted to go to game three, and we won every game I wanted to go to. You know, I'm looking at the and at the. Uh, at the stats right now, I guess it's kind of just like the box score. I just looked it up. Uh-huh. Game game five, the winner was Joe Musgrove. Did you remember that? <laughs> I remember who the winner was. To be honest with you, not till you say it. <laughs> yeah, that's that's awesome. And the lose the loser of the game I went to is Ken Giles. I believe the game was tied, and they blew it open when he went in, and that's the last time he pitched. <laughs> Exactly, yeah, because you, you're absolutely right. Because for Game 7, uh, McCullers also finished it. No, uh, Morton finished the game. McCullers started. Yeah. No, Morton's... Uh, yeah, it said Morton, Morton Morton's the winner. Yeah, exactly. it was Morton, and then... Uh, I thought... See, I'm confused. I thought that McCullers started it. Exactly, McCullers started, Morton finished it. Oh, okay, there you go. That's what I thought. Yeah, and then right. Verlander, looking here, he lost Game Six. So let's let's talk about Game Seven. Like uh-huh. the Astros have never won the World Series. You're in Los Angeles. How confident are you that they're going to win? It's it's Charlie Moore. It's a uh, Lance McCullers against you, Darvish. Look, Game Seven. Uh, once he announced you, Darvish, I was like, yeah, you know, we yeah, it's this guy. And not because of anything wrong, but because the Astros uh, had seen him for a long time with the Rangers. And mm-hmm. and so, yes, he almost threw out a perfect game, a no-hater that, that Mario Gonzalez broke it in the ninth inning. But but the Astros knew him. And so I think Alex Wood was the other option for the Dodgers, if I'm not, not mistaken. And so once they announced Darvish, I'm like, yeah, I think the Astros are are going to beat him and i watch i've watched game seven like four or five times on you know on, on, the, on the video that they put out mm-hmm. uh, just because i want to go get into details and from what i watched is uh the dodgers had a lot of opportunities <laughs> a bases loaded and um, mccullers got out of it uh errors mccullers uh an rbi in early innings mm-hmm. uh, so uh, once that started happening, and then Morton comes in, and and it was like, wow, uh, the Astros have a good chance of winning this game, but the Dodgers had a lot of chances to to win. To well, I'm not gonna say to win that well to win that game, but they had a lot of chances to to score and to do damage, and, and they just never took advantage of it. Errors and uh, misplays and stuff like that happened, and so but the Astros took advantage and got the early lead. And uh, and that was it. Let's check your memory. What was the final score? Ah! <laughs> I couldn't have told you. If I didn't look it up, I couldn't have told you. All I, I think, remember from game no, don't, seven. Don't tell me. Don't tell me. 
Uh, All I remember from Game 7 is you, Darvish, uh, and Lance McCullers throwing all those curveballs. That's all I remember. From Game 7 for the World Series? Yeah. Okay, don't tell me the final score. I think it was, if I'm not mistaken, I should have known this because I watched the game all the time. Um, (laughs) I think it was 5, it was either 4-2 or 5-3. It was 5-1. 5-1, yeah, there you go. See, I don't remember beating them that that, that bad, but... No, because it, after the first few innings, it, the Astros didn't score anymore. Yeah, they yeah they got on Darvish quick, and that was it. And that was it, exactly. So and, here's uh, another tidbit for you guys listening. <laughs> and I guess it really doesn't matter, but game two in Los Angeles, we go 11 innings. Guess who the winner of that game was? Oh, okay. Now I, I know that one. It's my buddy, Devo. Yes. Yeah. Chris Davinsky, for all, all the all the bad stuff we talk about. Not you, but you know. That's cool though. Chris yeah, Davinsky. I like I like Devo. Devo, you know, he you got He started out so good and he just yeah. fizzled out. That's what's that's what's bad. But he I mean the guy I talked about him on here before. This guy was so amazing. He had the circle of death. He had a bobblehead, and now he's gone. But you know what? Diva's story, you got to read about his story. It's amazing. It's a, it's a great story where he almost didn't go to school. His dad, uh, actually, uh, he, I think they they have like a, I, I, I could be wrong, but I think they, they buy, you, they would buy you stuff and resell it in L.A. Mm-hmm. I don't know, like. I think some some kind of business like that. So I think one time while driving back to L.A. from New York, they stopped in Tucson and his dad told him, hey, you have to you have to keep going in baseball. You know, you have to. And so Devo, I think he went to school, uh, played baseball and then he made it to the major. So it's a pretty cool story. I have to go back and read uh, that that article on, on him. But uh, it's a great mm. story. And, and I was very happy that when he always when he took his dad to the to the to the ballpark and Devo he he grew up with uh, Spanish speaking uh, friends just like oh. Ocho Cinco <laughs> see that's one pe- one thing people don't realize like i mean i can i can be on here and talking about the games and you got to remember i'm a fan so i don't have to be politically correct and if somebody's horrible i i'll say they're horrible cuz i'm a fan and that's how it is and and I don't know these guys, you know. So, but for anyone that you know has anything to say about Chris Davinsky, you know he 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 can tell his grandkids. No matter what happens from today till the end of his life, he can say, "Look up the 2017 World Series and tell me who's the winner of Game Two. It's exactly. me." I mean, that's amazing. <laughs> like all of us people that talk bad about him. We'll never have our name in the win column in the World Series. Exactly. I'll never have a, a hit in, the, in my stacks ever. A hit, a bobblehead. We'll never make it. I mean, I'll never even make a ball. So, so, you know, what's funny is that, you know, we'll say like, oh, well, this guy sucks. And we all know, and I'm not talking about Devo, but, you know, you can say, oh, well, this guy's horrible. But we all know he's better than us. 
but way know, better. we're comparing him to the other guys on the team. Exactly. All right, so let's let's go to the the parade. I'm I'm pretty interested in hearing about this. So sorry to make you guys wait so long for this. So you're you're at the truck. Yeah, we, we get to the parade and when, when after the World Series, we're, I'm looking forward to the parade because ever since I was a little kid, I watched uh, a lot of uh, World Series parades and and NBA Finals parades and stuff like. So I'm like, wow, I'm finally gonna get to be part of a parade, <laughs> you know, World Series parade. And so a couple of days before, they gave us instructions on where to go. So we go to Minute Maid Park. I take my wife and my daughter. And so we are checking out. This is pretty cool. They give us the the, the wristbands because, you know, to be part of the parade, to identify us as, as being part of the parade. So we get on a, uh, we, there's a, uh, okay, there's a line of cars and trucks. Chevy sponsored it, of course. And they had this big, huge World Series trophy that we took pictures mm-hmm. by. And so we took the picture and we took a lot of pictures, but we get on the bus, my wife, my daughter, we get on the bus and, and my daughter here has been hearing stories about former players and Hall of Famers. So we get on the bus and we sit, we're sitting down on the bus looking at other people come in and then all of a sudden we see Nolan Ryan, Jose Cruz, Craig Biggio, just Bagwell. <laughs> and my daughter's like, Dad! Check this out! Look, we're in, a, in the World Series parade bus with with all this Hall of Famers. <laughs> wow. It was unreal. It was unreal. And then out the window to get on the players' bus, we see, uh, and I have a picture of uh, of George Springer carrying the trophy, and the players, Altuve, Correa, everybody coming out of the of, of the stadium, going into their bus. That bus was to take us to the parade. To take us to City Hall, and so we get on the on the buses, and we ride with all these Hall of Famers. And my daughter can't believe it. I can't believe it that we're yeah. actually going there. So we get there, bunch of people, and uh, it was crazy because we had the wristbands. They directed us, so all the broadcasters we we walked, and we 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 walked in front of the players' buses. You know where they were, and then there were lots of players' families. So we. So you walked we, the whole parade. Yeah, we walked the whole parade. Huh? <laughs> it was pretty cool. We walked the whole parade, and the trophy was behind us, the real trophy. Yeah. And so we were in front of the players, and the players were riding on those, uh, uh, um, the 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 fire trucks, and uh, so it was pretty cool. So we we're walking in front, and the, it was amazing. The People were going crazy. You know what I loved about the parade and the people from Houston is that they were so respectful. They didn't cross the line to the street. They were just, it was amazing. It was mm. a feeling that I really cannot describe the feeling that you're part of it. You're part of a, a championship team. You're part of these guys. I mean, I saw, I remember when Altuve uh, came into the clubhouse for the first time, July 20th, 2011. Him with Jimmy Paredes and J.D. Martinez, and so and then when when Correa was drafted, and then when Correa first made an appearance in our broadcast when he signed, and then you see them grow. It's it's a pretty amazing feeling. So when did they give you your ring? 
Okay, the ring, we didn't get the ring till the following year. We didn't yeah. get the ring till 2018. I remember so, when they gave Blummer and I guess it was Todd Callis, they gave him, I, one of them got theirs earlier than the other guy. It was kind of like a, like kind of a story. Like, I got mine already. And he's like, well, I think Todd Callis got his first, if I remember that correctly. And they made Blummer know. wait. I can't remember. It was something oh, like that. I, I think because maybe Plummer didn't, uh, Blummer didn't get his, uh, I don't know if he went to the ceremony that they had for us. Because the players got their ring, and I think on the first or second game. Yeah. And then we got ours uh, once they, the team went on the road. On a Thursday, we had a huge ceremony at Minute Maid Park for the employees. And so the way we got them is like, for instance, by departments. Mm-hmm. And so uh, mine was marketing and communications. So Blummer is part of that. And, and, and Todd, I don't know if Blummer went to the ceremony. I think, I thought he had. Yeah. And so they had us on the big um, screen. And it was, uh, they called us by names and, and they gave us a ring. So that was a pretty neat ceremony they did for us. And so it was pretty cool. But uh, they, they but, were going to have a, a giveaway this season, but we didn't have fans. I think it was like, the first Saturday game of the year, because they, they were going to give stuff away like the first four games. And one of them was the American League championship ring from 2019. Did you get that? Yeah, I got I got I got that ring and I have it actually it's right here in front of me. And <laughs> <laughs> I have I'll, I'll post a picture of anyone. Everybody, anybody wants to see it. I'll post it right now. And after we and we're done um, uh, and you can find me on Twitter at uh, F Romero Astros, F Romero Astros, but uh, but it's pretty cool. It's a little bit smaller, but it's also it has its history. So I'll post the ring, and then you can look up the the history behind it. And it has the on the clock tower mm-hmm. the exact time when Altuve hit that home run against Chapman. <laughs> and so it's a it's a pretty cool ring, also. And I added my wife's last name in honor of my wife and daughter. Nice. So they, they put Romero Valenzuela. <laughs> and if do, it, <laughs> do you have any of the uh, replica rings that they give out? Yeah, we got. I got a few replica rings. And what's I got the a, difference in those? They look just alike. It, it, it's different, but it's Pretty a close. nice. It's a nice replica ring because I got to compare it to the National League Championship ring from 2005, and yeah. those were very small. Yeah. So the replicas are very nice, to be honest with you. Very, very close I, to the, the real one. In 2019, the last home game for the Hooks, they gave out those uh, 2005 rings. And they oh. were smaller. But the uh, I remember I took one of the grandkids to, to get the rings, like the uh, World Series rings. Uh-huh. And I, I didn't let her keep it. I was like, I paid $85 for that, and you're seven years old. You're not keeping it. <laughs> I kept it. Maybe I'll give, maybe I'll give it to her when she gets old. Older, yeah, I don't know. Uh, yeah. yeah, but you should enjoy it. It's, it's cool. And, yeah, I like and, and, and I like wearing my ring, uh, my World Series ring. I, in 2018, I wore it a lot. Uh, yeah. I don't wear it as much now, but I like to wear it. And... Uh, Especially in Arizona, where there's a lot of Dodger fans. 
Yeah, I was going to ask you that if you wear it a lot. I, I In the American League Championship ring, I haven't worn it out. I, I need to start wearing it. But yeah. actually, the other day, I went to uh, get get some food. You know, the new way we get food is, you know, uh, curbside. So yeah. I was wearing the ring, and I didn't even notice that I was wearing it. And then the waitress goes, hey, cool ring. What is that? She goes, yeah. <laughs> so, oh, yeah, the ring. It's a World Series ring, I said. It's a real World Series ring. So You're like, cool. oh, I'm the uh, broadcaster for the Astros. <laughs> But before, yeah, before I used to wear it a lot, but now I want to take care of it. I don't want it, nothing to happen. I don't want, you know, to scratch or anything like that. But 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 I wear it from time to time, and it's uh, it's a cool feeling. I mean, it's uh, no did matter you have what. To, did you have but, to take insurance out on it in case you messed it up, or you're just I, out of I, luck? I asked, and it's very expensive to be honest with you. Oh, My yeah. home insurance wants to charge me, charge me 125 a month for it. Oh, just because you have it in your house? It's because I have it in my house. Once the once the, so I'm thinking about it, or maybe just. Oh, uh, so you can I'll, get it covered in case someone breaks in and takes yeah. it. Oh, and I okay. want to take it to a bank, and but no, because I like to wear it, so I don't want to go put it in a safe. What for? Hey, I mean. You you can't take it with you, buddy. <laughs> enjoy so, it. Enjoy yeah, it while what, you got it. Exactly. I want to enjoy. It. I want to wear it, and I'm going to start wearing the American League Championship ring also because that's that's a beautiful ring. All right, buddy. That's all I have. I appreciate well, you coming on. No, no. Well, thank you. I'll post that, those rings and uh, and uh, and thank you for having me on. I always enjoying your conversation and uh, keeping up with you. Yeah, me too, buddy. I hope you guys enjoyed my friend Francisco Romero who I call Frank Rose on my phone. <laughs> That's your name on my phone, Frank Rose. But anyway, thanks for tuning in, guys. I hope you enjoyed it, and we'll see you next time on Astros Baseball. Thanks for listening to this episode of Astros Baseball. Make sure to subscribe so that way you will be alerted when there is a new episode. Follow Rob on Twitter at Rob Fontenot. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.